Hey coaches, you are listening to the 323 Sports Podcast, where you can keep up with breaking news in the team sports industry, enjoy fun interviews with coaches, and gain insight on how to build your athletic program. On this episode, we were honored to have Tony Miller join us on the podcast. He is the host of his own podcast as well, called A Quick Timeout, where he interviews coaches from around the world about how they built their programs. He is also a professor and assistant men's basketball coach at Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. Here is what he had to say about training athletes that want to reach the next level. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for taking time out of your own day to be on this podcast with us. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Yes, sir. Now, do you know Michael Paramore, who is to my left on this virtual podcast? You know Michael Paramore back in the day. Like, when did you meet him? Uh, he, we actually started against each other uh, playing basketball back in my junior, senior year, I think it was. And uh, after that, we kind of both went our separate ways and went to college and about four years later, he showed up again, and he was coming to graduate school down here at Bob Jones, and I was here working on my master's degree as well. And so um, he wow. actually was my roommate uh, before, I think before he started there at 323 Sports, um, but kind of right out of college. And so we've, we've known each other for quite a long time. Is that true, Mike? <clears throat> it is true. Um there's actually a funny story behind this. I was going to share the story about uh, when Tony dropped like 30 points in like a minute and a half um, <laughs> my sophomore year. Um, of course, I wasn't out there myself along with the rest of our team. We're all injured uh, or on um, grades, eligibility <laughs> issues. Um, but funny story about how I actually ended up with Tony uh, or moving down to Greenville um, is I had been talking about that with my, um, friends and family about potentially moving down to the Greenville area with my job at the time. And the pastor at the church I was attending actually during Sunday morning service mentioned, uh, to the crowd, Hey, uh, not sure if you guys knew this, but this is uh, Mike Paramore's last service with us. I think he's actually moving <laughs> to South Carolina. And um, I was sitting there and I was like, I guess I'm moving to South Carolina. And <laughs> so literally that day I went home, packed everything in my 1999 Bonneville and called Tony and said, hey, man, I think I'm actually going to uh, go ahead and make the move down there. And that Sunday afternoon, I, I was in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, that's pretty much how our uh, journey began. Wow. It's a true story. So your pastor basically forced you out. Yeah, he was really shepherding me. I was a dumb sheep, and he led me. That's right. He, no, he actually, oh. well, some would say. He led me to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, that's uh, the rest is history. I actually lived there. How, how long was I there? A year and a half, Tony? Oh, longer than that. Hitched? Got yeah, hitched? Probably, yeah, nah, probably about that. two and a half, three years. Yeah, it's all a blur. That's but amazing. Good times. Great times. So, Tony, so can you give a little bit more background on yourself? Like, you know, where do you work right now? Do you work with us? Like, tell us a little bit of background for your career right now. Yeah, so I ended up graduating from Bob Jones and got my master's here um, and then started teaching here back in 2007. 
And uh, I actually went on and, and got my doctorate in sport management. And so now I'm the head of the sport management department here at the university. And in addition to that, it's kind of tied me into the athletic program that started here at Bob Jones in 2012. So I've been part of the men's basketball team since 2012. I started out as the director of ops and then kind of moved into a volunteer position. And then uh, now I'm the assistant coach for the men's basketball team. So um, kind of do a little bit of everything. And uh, along the way, kind of just staying connected with Mike. I also am in charge of, of uh, the social media there at 323 Sports. That's part of what my uh, degree was in with sport marketing. And so I, I teach sport marketing here at the university as well. So kind of have my hand in a little bit of everything, but it's helpful because it allows me to uh, have a lot of stories and a lot of examples to, to teach my classes now. So um, I'm thankful mm -hmm. for the different opportunities that I've gotten along the way. You know, it's very interesting, Tony, because this is basically a three-way triangle right now. Uh, because of your relationship with- I think typically how triangles work. I've never seen one that's not. Have ever seen a four-way? Anyway, uh, Tony was a teacher in my class, and I took that marketing class that Tony taught. And yes. within that marketing class, Michael Paramore, to my left, and his business <laughs> owner- Keith, Keith Rogers came down to that marketing class that Tony had. And that's where I met Mike and Keith. And so that's, that completes the triangle between, that does complete you know? Uh, so because of your leadership, Tony, I now have a job at 323. Well, I'm so glad it worked out for, for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we should absolutely. probably go back a little further. Had I not moved to Greenville, South Carolina uh -huh. on that Sunday, yep. I would have never known you existed, <laughs> Travis. So, I mean, that right there started the three-way triangle. <laughs> okay? Definitely, the triangle's got three sides. But anyway, pretty cool, though. Yes, we, I did meet Travis in that class. And uh, so far, he's been a very fair hire. No, he's been a great hire. But, um, yeah, Tony does Thanks, awesome, awesome work for us. And um, yes. Yes. And, and I, I do help at least... So like the BTNs, for example, for those listeners out there that watch, you know, closely what we're doing here at the company, the behind the numbers is what we call these video series. Tony does all those edit, edits for each one. And this is, this is a public, public thank you to Tony Miller for all his time and efforts for that. So if you guys sure. want to check those out, that's Tony's work on display, which also I do help with that with, you know, actually getting the footage, but Tony pieces all together, actually makes a story out of it. So... Yeah. Just in case you guys are curious. Definitely a team effort. And uh, uh, yeah, you can check all those out on our, our Facebook page and then also on YouTube. They're all there. Yes. So let's dive in a little bit more into the meat of the podcast here. This is why, you know, a very long intro, but I think people enjoy that. Great. Um, what got you interested in coaching, Tony, first of all? I had always played sports, I mean, since Little League Baseball, and, and then once I got to junior high and high school, and I kind of knew that I wanted to go into teaching and coaching, and so uh, I went to school primarily to become a, a PE teacher and a high school coach, and kind of got got turned a little bit, and God led me to end up staying here to teach at the university level, but I ended up still teaching and coaching just a different age group, and uh, along the way, just have, have kind of developed more interest um, in, in the aspects related to coaching. And, and now I even teach some coaching classes here at the university and we have a master's program that I'm actually over as well. That's sport administration and coaching. 
And, and so it's, it's really become a passion for me. It's just, in my opinion, an extension of teaching. Coaching is simply just teaching more teaching just in a different classroom, a different setting. And so, um, that that's just kind of been all of what I've, I've loved since I was playing youth sports and, um, hoping to be able to pass on things to the next generation through that platform of sports. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, Mike's going to ask you a question here about <laughs> about coaching. Good, good, uh, good. Uh, what's the word? Uh, prefacing. Yes. Segway. Preparation. Very good segue. Yeah. So we're going to ask you about your podcast because uh, you're actually one of the ones that got us into doing podcasting. Correct. Or um, talked to us about the value of them. And um, but you have had one for a while that you uh, do, and unfortunately, I have not been on that. And so that this is actually a public. <laughs> Public, public shame. Request, <laughs> public shaming of uh, your podcast uh, people. But no, tell us about that podcast, Tony, because I know we, we've helped sponsor a couple of those. Um, but tell us about that and, and what you're trying to accomplish uh, with that podcast. Yeah, so it's called a quick timeout, and it's really just designed to fit into coaches' schedules. I know how busy it can be, but um, just something to provide value to coaches. It's mostly right now been basketball coaches, so I'd like to branch out to other coaches just to talk about topics, things that people are always talking about in coaching, whether it's related to coaching, uh, culture, or X's and O's, or you know, managing players, teaching players, leadership development just things that I've learned and things people that I've been able to interact with and talk with. And, you know, everybody has an opinion on those matters. Uh, some people do it better than others, but it's just another opportunity to continue to learn uh, personal development. And that, that idea of continual being a continual learner have been important for me. Um, just because I'm a teacher, I don't know it all. And I like to constantly keep up to date, whether that's on topics of, of sport, uh, you know, marketing or um, coaching or, you know, even, psychology matters. I think all of those things are important to what we do as coaches. And so being able to keep up to date on those things and, and constantly learning and constantly finding out better ways to do what we've been doing. I will say that, you know, from coaching for the time that I have been now, I'm kind of uh, into about, I think I'm into 12th or 13th year of coaching and just observing, you know, patterns in my coaching and then also observing other coaches. Coaches can sometimes have a, have a tendency to just do things the way it's always been done uh, or to do it the way that their coach did it because their coach, they thought their coach did it well and they had some success. So they'll just do it how their coach did it. And I think that if you fall prey to that to an extent, you can potentially get in a rut and just have this idea of we're just going to keep doing it the same way because it's always worked or because I like to do it that way. And I don't think that that's good. And I don't think that that challenges yourself or, or your players at times. Um, and so being able to, to use this podcast as an opportunity to, for me, I have the conversations with people. And to be honest with you, it benefits me. I feel like probably as much or more so than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And the podcast is just a way for me to have that conversation and for other people to kind of listen in uh, at a later date on it. And I was even thinking about this yesterday. It's, it's going to be helpful for me to go back and listen to those things, depending on what time of the year it is, or maybe with something that my team's facing or encountering or struggling with at a time. And so just being able to have those at my own personal disposal, I'm kind of just documenting my journey and my conversations with other people. And hopefully it can be a benefit to those who have the opportunity to listen to it too. So, um, and I, I'm really appreciative to, to you guys, you know, sponsoring the podcast and, and coming on. And I hope that it, 
uh, becomes a benefit to you guys as well. Just because, you know, being able to connect the point of sponsorships, being able to connect with somebody or, or people that you believe in and that, that it can be provide value both directions and, um, hopefully others will be able to be connected to, to you guys and to hear the value of what you guys can do and what you guys can bring to their organizations as well. For sure. No, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, and I love your podcast. Um, I, I, I'm very big on that self-improvement as well. Um, I know you've always been that way and that's, I think that's huge. I think it's very easy in whatever you do. I have not been doing what I am doing now for 13 years. Um, but (laughs) I'm sure at the 13 to 14 or 15 year mark, um, it'll be very easy uh, to coast or just, you know, feel confident in what you're doing. But anyway, I think that's, that's one of the keys in life. It's just always trying to self-improve um, and just being aware of that. So anyway, uh, I, I do love that. Yeah. And speaking of all your connections right now, Tony, and because of this podcast that you have, uh, you're able to get connected with a lot of you know, a lot of coaches around the country. Um, I'm sure some D1 coaches, D2, D3, you know, NCCAA, all over and different uh, organizations as well. But what, you know, have you met any big time coaches, like any anybody in person that you've met with? Yeah, a lot of the people that I've had on, I haven't had it that long. I mean, just been doing it since the spring, but um, being able to connect with people through the coaching experiences that I've had uh, here at the university, we'll play division one teams every year. And so being able to make connections and relationships that way. Um, I go to a lot of clinics, just going back to the last point of, of continually improving. Our coaching staff is really big about going to different types of clinics and uh, hearing speakers, obviously connecting with them through through those means too. Um, every summer as well, I go to Duke University and I work Coach K's Duke basketball camp. So I had the opportunity to uh, talk with him and connect with with people down there. And so again, it's just, I mean, in coaching, the longer you're in it, it really is about just building relationships with other coaches and trying to learn from them as much as you can. And so it's just, uh, there are so many people in the coaching industry that are willing to give back. And again, that's one of the reasons why I have that podcast. I feel it's an opportunity for me to give back to the coaching community and to, to pass on things that I've learned. But for me personally, so many coaches have uh, allowed me to learn from them by just being willing to give me some of their time. And so some people will ask me like, man, how do you get that? Per- how'd you get that person on your podcast? Well, it was just as simple as asking them. And there's so many good people mm-hmm. in coaching that are willing to give to you. Um, a lot of time you hear the stories of the ones that are, they think they're bigger, too big for you or too big to talk to you or too big with their own thing to have time for you. And um, while there are a lot that are out there like that, there are so many others who are so willing to give and uh, I hope to be that to other people. And I, I just really appreciate those that have, have allowed me to to spend time with them or talk with them so that I can learn from them. Yeah. The power of the ask, right? Sure. I mean, sure. I, I learned this uh, not too long ago from a friend of mine. He's like, the, the worst that you that they can say is no. Yeah. Um, and so you'll never even find that out if you don't ask. So I've been much more willing to be um, to be willing to ask. And, uh, you'll be surprised at how many people will say, sure. Uh, especially if you, you're flexible with your time and, uh, willing to fit things into their schedule. They're, they're more than happy to give back to you. Yeah. That's so important. And I mean, I think in sales too, like even in our positions, like just ask for the business. I mean, you'd be surprised sure. how much business you can get. 
And I think it's the and, same and for approach. them, a lot of times, a lot, a lot of times, if you can show that you can provide them with some value, just giving them exposure, giving their program exposure, or you know, helping them out in some way, they're even more willing to to give of their time. But it it starts with the ask. You got to ask first. Yeah. Now, getting into the nitty gritty here with you, Tony, is because you do. Um, you also do like individual coaching as assistant coach. You you help players do you know, individual workouts and stuff like that. Um, and speaking of this actual podcast, you know how to train players to that next level. What are some different you know techniques maybe that you use, or maybe there's some favorite tools that you have during your training process of how to get these kids to that next level? What are some different things that you that come to mind with stuff like that? No matter the sport, I would say that it is really important that you start with why you're doing what you're doing and really what do the kids actually need. And again, this goes back to my point that so many coaches through the years have just done whatever that they've seen somebody else do. At this day and age, it's whatever they see on Instagram or whatever they mm-hmm. see on Twitter, whatever cool skill that they see there, they implement that into their coaching. And it's not that all those are bad, but again, what is what are we actually trying to accomplish with these kids? Mm-hmm. And everybody would say we want them to become better, and that's great, but what does that look like at a very practical level? And so for me, the three things that I'm always trying to develop in them are the basic fundamental skills, tactical skills, and then also decision-making skills. And there's a little bit of overlap there, but it's kind of a progression. I feel like for a lot of younger players, they lack the fundamental skills. And so we're not necessarily as important uh, emphasizing the tactical um, decision-making is still important, but you know, they have to be able to dribble. doesn't matter what sport hmm. it is. They have to be able to pass. They have to be able to uh, some sports shoot. They have to be able to, I mean, even something as simple as running. Um, so being able to have those, those skills, those fundamental skills. So teaching those, especially at the younger ages mm-hmm. and then the tactical skills, uh, we, we talk a lot about like the IQ or just being able to know how to play the game. And much of that is to that third point, there is the decision-making skills. And I think that we as coaches have really, really dropped the ball about decision-making skills. And so being able to read defenses, being able to adjust on the fly, And this is where so many of us have taught dribbling without any pressure, dribbling two balls, um, being able to to dribble a soccer ball just in an open field. You know, those those skills are great and all, but that's not how it happens in a real game. You've got somebody that if you're a football player, you're a quarterback, you've got somebody that's running at you from the right side, that's running at you from the left side. You got to step up in the pocket. You got to find the hole. You got to read the defenders. You got to see who's actually open. That can't be accomplished when there's nobody else out on the field. And so being able to teach decision-making skills is, a, is an area that I feel like a lot of coaches still are, are behind in. And then once the games happen, they wonder why their players can't apply the fundamental skills to actual game decision-making. And so they become then frustrated at the players like it's their fault. It's not the player's fault. It's the coach's fault. And so being able to incorporate those decision-making skills in those individual workout sessions, whether you're coaching soccer to a seven-year-old on Saturday morning or working with a basketball team, you know, in the middle of October in a gym where there's 15 people there, you've really got to incorporate meaningful decisions and decision-making into your drills. Otherwise, those kids are going to struggle when it comes time to actually play a game. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, the the decision making, I feel, um, especially recently when I'm watching the NBA. Obviously, the NBA is is, is somewhat of an 
an anomaly. Um, but I, I do feel like with a lot of the pick and roll, a lot of the it's heavy guard play now, a lot of that boils down to people putting a lot of emphasis on decision making. Um, sure. I just feel like that for me, I just I've seen that more recent in recent years, I guess, with Steph Curry and, and, and the screening rolls and stuff like that. And anyway, and, and just in the little leagues that I play in and stuff like that, too, there really is a lot of poor decision making out there. <laughs> um, and a lot of times it, it really does trump athleticism or anything else uh, because at the end of the day you, you can't get the ball into somebody's hands because you make the wrong decision doesn't matter how good you are that you're not able to you know finish the play or, or, or make anything happen so interesting i you know i i have to get to some of your sessions tony because decision making was was never my forte um <laughs> and so i have to see what skills you use um to help with these decisions I will say this though, is that just to give you guys an example, those that are listening, but something that includes Mike and I. So Mike used to always bug me about playing one-on-one. He always wanted to play one-on-one because he felt like that was the time that he really got better. And that's not by accident. It goes to exactly what we've been talking about. In one-on-one, Mike doesn't just stand there as a idle chair while I dribble around him and score to work on my layups. He's an active defender, and so when he closes out a certain way, I have to read that close out and attack him in a different direction to try to beat him. When I get to the basket, he's not just going to stand there and let me score. He's going to try to block my shot, so I have, to, I have to figure out which finishing move is the best finishing move. And so even though you say you didn't really do that that much, you did when you played your one-on-one. And for Mike and I, once we graduated from college, that's where we really shown was in those old man alumni leagues. <laughs> and so we would practice uh, one-on-one over here in the Davis Fieldhouse for hours at a time. And he'd want to play shooting drills and he'd want to do one-on-one, which is essentially what most of my practices look like now, my individual skills. It's doing fundamental skills like shooting, and then working on decision-making through an active live defender. And so if you're a coach that's really struggling, like how do I incorporate decision-making into my, into my games, into my practices? One of the simplest ways and the easiest ways to just get a start doing that is by throwing in a live defender. Mm. And by doing that, then now the defender, or excuse me, now the offensive player has to read a defender and something that does simulate game-like and then has to decide what kind of finish to use, where to dribble the ball, how to shoot it. Um, you know, soccer really gets this with, I mean, you just stick somebody in goal. It's one thing to practice shooting the ball in the upper 90. It's another to have a defender there and be pressured into placing the ball in just the right place, maybe in the upper 90. 100%. Um, so those are some easy ways that you can incorporate decision-making, but, you know, there's a lot of others that we could talk about. Yeah. I knew there was a reason why I loved one-on-one so much. And deep down, <laughs> poor decisions. I, I, yeah, poor, poor decision-making. Deep down, I think it was the coach in me. And um, <laughs> I just have never been able to make the right decision uh, on that. But, Tony, I do love one-on-one. I love that I, I didn't waste all those times playing one-on-one. It actually was helping in my decision-making. Now, being an outsider in this duo, duel, who would – win most of the one-on-ones here, Tony and Mike. That's very confidential. Um, <laughs> we kept that under the table for years. Um, Any video footage of, uh, honestly, Tony and I, we, 
we did play a lot of one on one, but there was a time I feel like Tony's interest kind of veered. Um, maybe it was when he broke his foot in 15 places that might have oh, been. Yeah. He kind of uh, actually wearing my shoes too. That's my story. <laughs> okay. uh, so he's never <laughs> forgiven me of that. So it's your fault. Yeah, ultimately. Um, the odd part is that art. If I never went to Greenville, oh. <laughs> never broke his foot. Um, That's right. You know, I'm just dodging that question. Uh, just Tony. Our sports careers, oddly enough, I've, I'm probably not connected to another person any more than I am to Mike. <laughs> Somehow we impacted our sports careers long, long beyond what we probably, if we wanted to sit here and draw the connected dots, yeah. they're probably uh, more connected to anybody else. That's exactly right. Well, if there's not That's a, another podcast, too. <laughs> if there's not a clear winner, I'll just give both you guys 50 50. That's in my mind. I like 50 you win, splits. Michael won 50, Johnny won 50. I like win wins. <laughs> so, but Tony, to wrap things up, what what do you think would be one piece of advice uh, that you give to coaches at any level? So, for instance, like the middle school uh, coach trying to prepare their kids to the high school level or the high school coach trying to prepare the kids for the college and so on. What is one piece of advice you can give just maybe for individual training, like you said, decision-making, but is there anything else, maybe just one blanket statement and say, look, you need to do this to help your players. I think it's just, there's so many factors that go into being able to take the, st the, the step to the next level. And I would say probably the biggest one is every time that I ask my players, what's the biggest difference between for me, college and having played in high school. The thing that they always say is the size of the players and the speed of the game mm. or a combination of that. Like the players are so much bigger, but they move so much faster you know, you would think that as a player gets bigger, they would slow down, or, but it, it's always the size. And, and you having played college soccer, understand this, like everybody is fast. Mm -hmm. Everybody can pass. Everybody can shoot. And AAU sports has kind of helped with this a little bit, but being able to compete against other people who are, who are similar to you or better than you and constantly pushing yourself, um, not comparing yourself to yourself or to your small pool of, of kids there at your school, but really getting out there and competing against the best and, and constantly finding somebody that's better than you mm. and playing against that person to make yourself better. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like that same principle that, that I talked about, you know, with me and Mike, like playing against somebody that's better than you so that you can be constantly improving. And I, I don't know that necessarily coaches are putting their players or trainers particularly are putting their players in those positions because it's about just going through this training session and becoming a little bit better at dribbling or a little bit better at shooting or a little bit better at, but really having an understanding of what else is out there and who else is out there and how hard those other people are working. Um, I say a lot to, to players that come to me and say, coach, I'd like to play at the college level. I warn them. I don't want to crush their dreams, but I warn them that the idea of playing college basketball sounds fun. Everybody wants that, mm -hmm. but actually being a college player is totally different. They don't see waking up at five 30 and going to practice or having a 6am lifting session or going to class through the day and then having to go to practice and then taking ice baths and then getting back to your dorm room at, at, 
eight o'clock and then having to cram study for a test and then having to repeat the matter again the very next day. They don't see the long bus rides where they're doing homework on the bus so they can keep up because they know they're going to get back at one in the morning. You know, what they see is they see the pictures on social media. They see the free gear. They see the... And, you know, it's not that it's not fun, but it is hard work. And if you're wanting to go somewhere and actually contribute, whether that's going to the high school level and contributing from middle school or going to the college level or becoming a pro, like all that stuff sounds fun, but it really takes a level of commitment and a level of work that not many people are interested in. Mm -hmm. And so when they get to that next level, they don't play as much as they want. And so, you know, they want to transfer somewhere else or they just want to quit or they want to have their parents write in a letter and say, why aren't you playing my kid? My kid, he's, he's talented too. Classic. And, you know, no, yeah, no, nobody's disputing those things, but there are other people out there that are working harder mm-hmm. at it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of even having a, a show about this on my podcast, just about the idea of working hard and the level that it actually takes to be successful um, because so many people, again, like I said, they, they are allured to the bright lights, but they don't want to put in the work behind the scenes to put them in a position to shine when the lights come on. And um, I don't know exactly how to instill that into somebody, but I know what it looks like because I've had players like that. And I try to be like that to an extent with my coaching. And so I'm, I'm trying to find out a way to best communicate that to people and to players so they can see that you can be successful, but it does take a level of commitment that very few mm-hmm. have. Yeah. I think when it comes to that, I think that's spot on. I mean, we, we talk about that around the office a lot, that that drive that's in you, that, that willingness to, to work and work harder than anybody else. I do think a lot of that can be taught and you can tell them this is what it takes, or hey, if you're not doing enough, you need to you know work harder. Um, but whether it's in you or not, man, that's I guess only when we get to heaven we'll know. But I do feel like to to a small extent, um, either it's in you or it's not. You have to teach them that hey, you got to work harder. But like you said, there's only very there's very few that are willing. Um, to actually put what it, you know, put, put the work out there or what it takes to be successful. So I, 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 I will say that a lot of it is, is based off of the fact that it, it does, it's not always the fun thing sure. to do. And, and I think for a lot of people, they would still like to have the social life and to be able to go out and hang out on Friday nights and, and that's fine, but then understand that there is a trade-off that goes mm-hmm. along with that. So if, if that's how you're going to live, then you're not going to be able to do this. And I think just in our society, like we want it all. And it's, it's just, that's not how it works. At some point you have to sacrifice something and say no to something if you're going to be great at something. And so saying no can be very difficult, especially if it's fun. And especially if you're an 18, 19 and 20 year old. So I understand it, but if you're wanting that level of success, then there also comes with it a level of hard work and commitment that's required as well. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. I agree. Excellent feedback, Tony. Great insight on this topic. So if you guys want to hear more about Tony and his podcast, what is your podcast name again? It's called a quick timeout. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's on a bunch of different platforms, so you can download it any of that anywhere there and uh, check it out. You, usually, the episodes are only about eighteen to twenty-five minutes long, so you can listen to it on the That's way perfect. 
to or back from work or during a workout or whatever. And, uh, so a lot of a lot of good hosts or a lot of good hosts, a lot of good guests um, on that. What where where can they find you on uh, social media as well? Yeah, you can find I'm on Twitter at Tony W Miller. Love to connect with you on there. Um, also on Instagram at Coach Miller. Um, and those are probably the two best places. I'm also on Facebook. I think it's at Tony W Miller on there too. So awesome. Well, guys, if you want to uh, check out more of what Tony has to offer you as far as value goes in the coaching world, check him out. And Tony, once again, thank you so much for taking time today. It was a great time. Thanks, Thanks Travis. Thanks later, man. All right. Peace. And with that, that concludes our episode for this month. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about who we are and what we do, check out our website at 323sports.com. Also, guys, be sure to check out our social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We post daily stories on Instagram, so make sure you have fun and engage with us. As always, don't forget to do it right. Right.